Well, 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 let's keep it real. You know, I love that name. (laughs) You're thinking, I hope you do. But it really today has such impact on me because some people are able to do that more than others, right? And it's not because I think some people are more honest than others. I just think some people are able to show more of all of who they are so that they can help others. And they're okay being vulnerable and not being perfect. And that is what I love. And that is why I started this podcast so we could learn from others' journeys and what they've accomplished and their different systems and ways of helping everyone around the world. Well, my next guest, I cannot wait for you to listen to this interview. I just had so much fun with her and it is a pretty deep subject. Lisa Tahir is the author of The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. We talked about that and much, much more. And I love the fact that I could just feel in every ounce of her being. There was no judgment coming off her body for wherever you are in your journey, whatever your belief system. You can come to her, because she's also a therapist, and read her book with your belief system. And then this is an aunt. And she was so encouraging of everyone coming at this from wherever they are in life and whatever the beliefs are. She's just like me. She just wants the stories you tell yourself and your beliefs to serve you well. So have fun, enjoy. You know, I'm so grateful for you to share, like, rate, and support. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Okay, I'm sitting here taking deep breaths in, and before I bring her on, Hoochie Mama, this woman, I cannot believe she's actually my guest. Lisa Tahir, I've been watching her interviews, she's also host podcast, And if you know me and you looked around my office today, I have so many self-help books. You would think, Sandy, how much help can you need? But I've never heard, let me repeat, I've never heard about the Chiron effect, which we're going to tell you more, and her attitude about shifting beliefs and stories. And for all of you who know me, what do I say every day? The stories you tell yourself, there's your life, baby. So before I introduce her, this doesn't even do her justice. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Lisa is the founder of Psychoastrology and the author of The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Runes Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness, which, ah, She has been endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, who says, as a student of Buddhist science, 
I have great confidence in the role, empathy, and forgiveness play in human development. The Chiron effect will be of interest in many and will greatly benefit your readers. Now she's also, oh my gosh, she doesn't sleep, I don't think. She's LCSW, is certified in ED, I think no, EMDR level one, Reiki level two, which I love, and as a thought coach through the Institute for Transformational Thinking. She has private practice office locations in both Los Angeles and New Orleans. Her book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Runes Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. She also is the host of a weekly podcast, All Things Therapy. Lisa, I have to bring you on. How are you, my love? Sandy, thank you so much for having me on. Let's keep it real. And you definitely have me laughing, which is a wonderful thing today. In the beginning of the show, when you spoke about your self-help book collection, how much help do I need? I really appreciate that. It, It was awesome. Well, I start everything out with what is your word? If you were going to best describe, we could use today if you want, (laughs) but what is your word that best describes the past 30 days? Oh, oh, shit is what comes up. (laughs) Oh, I like that one. (laughs) To be honest. No one's ever used shit. So that's a good one. You got to And I say that with a smile because I know, yeah, I know the, I know we live in a, in a loving universe that is always caring for us. So I say, Oh shit with a smile because I know sometime (laughs) when we're going through experiences that we don't quite understand or see or, or, you know, we're having a challenge, you know, it can, it can feel, it can be hard to stay in the positive vibration of hope, but hope is such an important precursor for things working out for us. And I share that because before we came live, I shared with you, I am in this moment Talk about keeping it real. Going through Hurricane Ida, that was a direct hit on New Orleans, Louisiana, where my house is. And I am dealing with trying to get repairs, getting repairs done, and there's no electricity. People are evacuating. They say it could be weeks. I'm intending that it's shorter, that the city's able to get the power on. So I'm in my own, you know, really trusting and believing and in a new area. I haven't owned a home and going through a major hurricane. When Katrina hit, I was a renter and I lost everything. But as a renter, FEMA kind of rushed in with some money and assistance like within 24 hours. So now being a homeowner, it's a whole different territory. So I'm saying, oh shit, with a smile because I know this is going to work out. Yet I'm also feeling like I'm in brand new territory and just want to keep it real with you and our audience. Well, listen, I'm just excited you still came on and recorded. A lot of people would have been like, are you kidding me, Weston? I'm out, you know? No, I felt led to do this because since your show is keeping it, let's keep it real. I thought this is an opportunity to really connect with authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, because you know what? At the end of the day, our beliefs, right? If we're in a really amazing space, you know, that's one thing. But when they get challenged is when I, I'm going to call it hopeful shit. How about I say that? Because you said shit and hopeful. I think it's called hopeful shit. That's what I want to call it. Yes, I love that. I will take it. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to send you, ready? Can you feel Mm -hmm. it? Ease and flow so that I receive that ease and flow right into my heart. Thank you. Yes. All right. So we're going to dive right 
into it. I need to know why, what, how, what made you write this book? Because like I said, I have many, many books and there's a lot of crossovers and I say, oh, I got one takeaway. But I felt like, oh my God, am I prepared? Did I read enough? This was a lot of great new things for me to focus on, which was amazing. And I've never heard of Chiron, ever, 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 okay. ever. So first, how did you write the book? Why? What? What led you there? You know, I wrote this book because like you, I have read self-help books for most of my life and really sought to, as a therapist, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, really wanting to understand the human mind and heart and be able to help people on their healing journey. And I got to a place professionally and personally in my own healing where I noticed that a lot of books and literature really focused upon the problem. And I think we're so familiar with the issues, like even right now, you know, with dealing with something practical like the hurricane and how to proceed. You know, the problem, the issue, the challenge is right mm -hmm. here in front of us. We have to go beyond that to the solution and the story of who we want to become, who we are becoming. And, you know, I started to ask within myself and ask in meditation, what is beyond the story that we're so familiar with, with what went wrong or what's been challenging. And that's where my book answered my own desire for a book that was about the the person you're becoming like the life you're going mm -hmm. to live who like the best in life the the ease and flow as you sent my way like really wanting people to know they can live in ease and flow more regularly daily regardless of what's going on and that's why I wrote my book to offer this paradigm through the lens of Chiron, which yeah. in psychology, Carl Jung spoke about Chiron as this wounded healer archetype, meaning the parts of ourselves that we might hide or edit from conversation because we feel like we're not good enough, even though yeah. we might be outwardly successful. And the pain that that causes within us to be perceived as having it together actually having it together, but feeling like you're never quite good enough or there's more and that endless pursuit of even in the self-help movement, I think, like there's always something to work on yep. versus, you know, feeling like I'm good enough right now. Like it's okay to just stop and be really affirming of oneself and those around us and choose to see what's working and kind of like, you know, not be on that endless hamster wheel. Yeah. I wonder man, what you think oh, about that. You, I can relate to a lot of that. And I think as a therapist, a healer, a coach, anyone that is in that realm, so many times, I can't speak for everyone, we feel like oh, we're a fake, right? Because we have so many issues, how can we be helping others? Which is so not true. It's the silliest thing. Why do we do that? You know, I think there's a belief, and I know at least when I grew up, it's like, and it's all about our paradigm and our mindset that my parents just teaching that life can be hard and struggle and people want to get one over on you. And while those people and things exist, there's also people that really want to help. Like, And I can share a story that just happened, Sandy, seconds before we went live. Ooh, I, um, 
my house in New Orleans, it's, it's vacant since I'm in California. And, um, you know, I, I had someone there to kind of, to clean out the fridge and leave the doors open so food doesn't rot and destroy the fridge and, and such and the mold. You know what you do in a hurricane. You, you empty out everything and like leave the doors open to breathe. And I was feeling concerned. Like I can't get there. You know, there's no power. There's no flights. Like what do I do? And right then a woman reached out who's through Airbnb, whose husband is an insurance adjuster and said, knowing there's no power, like wanting to stay to work and like even help me recover. And it like that happened seconds before we went live that somebody's willing to Mm. go and help like that. So they're wonderful people, you know, in this world. And it's kind of like what you tune yourself to. Yeah. And that's what my book wants to help you with is how to tune to the things that you really want in your life, happiness and love and prosperity and health and and really being able to create that in your life by telling a new story of who you are centered around the thoughts that you're thinking each day. You know, I uh, before you come on, I ask my listeners to send in questions and I send them out what you're talking about. And I want to jump right into this because Let's do this it. Let's one woman, we're called, we always have fake names. Sally Beth said her understanding of Chiron is the wounded healer and it represents our deepest wounds and our ability to turn that pain into healing. Could you please ask Lisa to talk more about this? Absolutely. And I appreciate your listener's question. She is spot on. So Chiron is an astronomy, a minor planet slash comet. It has both designations. It was discovered in 1977 by Charles Cowell Mm. looking through a telescope in, I think it was uh, an observatory in California, I know for sure. And Chiron was the first of the centaur class of heavenly bodies. The astronomer noticed it had an odd elliptical orbit between Saturn and Uranus. And it was Mm. named Chiron after the Greek mythological centaur Chiron, who is the founding father of the healing arts in Greek mythology. And so in mythology, we see that Chiron tutored Asclepius, who is the founding father of medicine. And when you go to the doctor and you see the staff of medicine, the staff with the two snakes intertwined, that is the staff of Asclepius that Chiron gave to him as his mentor and teacher of medicine and healing. So I thought that's so cool that Chiron the minor planet slash comet that we find in astrology, it's an astrological placement like your caller, like your listener sent in to you. This minor planet designates where in our astrological birth charts we have areas, and it's on a spectrum, I've learned, between vulnerability up to and including core wounding. These areas where we we hide and edit, we might feel shame around. And it's like, you feel like if somebody knew this about you, they might not love Mm. you. It could be centered around performance-based love, Chiron in the sign of Aries, a wounding in your sense of value and worth and your self-esteem that though you're really doing well professionally, you privately have low self-esteem and feel like you're never good enough and you have to work really hard to earn love. And think about how powerful it is to know that about yourself so you can focus your affirmations and your healing around boosting your self-esteem, not because of how much you're giving, but allowing yourself to receive and knowing that 
people want to take care of you too. And you don't yeah. have to work so damn hard to really yeah. ease up on yourself. So I'm going to pause to check in with you, Sandy, and ask about if this is resonating with answering that question by your listener. You know, I think it did, but it's bringing up all these other questions. And I'm looking at the, some of the questions that I have and also my listeners. And I don't know, this is a tough one. So this woman says she has just was born with faith. She doesn't need to see it to believe it. But when she was trying to explain it to her husband, he doesn't understand how the, how Chiron could affect your wounds. Like, how do you explain it? Or is it even explainable? That's a really good question. And I, I empathize to her husband's perspective that it seems like, okay, what's up that I'm born under this Chiron? And that's, you know, that dictates and air quotes what my vulnerabilities, what my woundings are. And I think yeah. another way to look at that is that astrology itself is a symbolic language. And so Chiron points out an area of potential vulnerability oh, up to oh. and including core wounding. A lot of people that I've spoken to and met, especially podcasters and people in the wellness mm -hmm. field, have already naturally been healing their Chiron vulnerabilities and woundings without yep. knowing it consciously. And that's even you, like going to self-help, having like, I want to help myself be my best and be my yep. happiest. So I suspect you've been healing your Chiron placement naturally. And I can even give what His Holiness the Dalai Lama sent me in the full letter of endorsement, where he oh, spoke about- me chills. Yeah. That, like, did you open it and go, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm burst out crying. It. With yeah. joy, with yeah. joy, yes, tears of joy, where he said that as a, he's a Buddhist scientist, not a, a student of astrology, but he understands after reading my book that it is through compassion and empathy and self-forgiveness that we do heal our deepest wounds. And so he wanted to get behind it and say he believes it to be the way that we do heal these wounds through empathy and self-forgiveness. So yeah. you don't have to buy into astrology to know that we all have areas of emotional vulnerability or vulnerability in your finances by being neglected. You know, there's areas that we kind of establish patterns around. And that was spoken about by Freud for the first time in 1916, where he coined what's called the repetition compulsion in psychoanalytic literature, mm -hmm. where he talks about we repeat with almost like a compulsion, this yep. desire to heal patterns that we don't understand. And we mm. orbit around certain patterns. You know, it's like this one area of your life where you feel like everything else goes well, but this one area, it might be like more challenging for you. And that's what Chiron illuminates in a way that like Ugh. I offer practical takeaway steps, affirmations. So you can deal with things like abandonment, loss, grief, um, you know, wounding in your professional life where you might feel like you're not being credited for the good work you're doing. Chiron and Capricorn, whereas this core wounding and achievement, responsibility, and success, you might not be given the, the praise and even the raise, the money that you deserve because it somehow seems like someone else takes credit. Well, that's reflected in a Chiron placement. And by understanding that, you can start to heal and speak up for yourself in some proactive ways. So it can really help your life become better if you can yeah. just hang on to the astrology component and go into the psychology yeah. and the personal responsibility piece. First of all, 
I have chills just thinking about that letter coming. So I'm still there, but yeah. okay. Just follow me here because this is something I believed my whole life. And we're going to just spill it out here. I believe everyone's a spiritual being and that we circle back in and out. This is just me. I've always, even since a kid, I believe this and that I chose my human body that I came in, not because of karma or anything, but because there's something I wanted to develop and work on in my life. Is it the same kind of thing? You know, that's such a wonderful point you're raising. And honestly, to keep it real, I don't know. You know, I think we all get to choose what we believe is true about where yeah. we've come from, the meaning of life. And so if that resonates with you, I say go with it. Yeah. For me, you know, I'm not sure. I, I feel like my, I really, as a, as a therapist, as a licensed therapist, kind of where I place emphasis is on our socialization and the mm -hmm. experiences that we've lived and how that really shapes who we are, the families that we've come from, the experiences in education, you know, make and shape us early on our, and affect our belief system. Ah. And then as adults, you know, we have more consciousness how, okay, I can choose to believe what I was taught or not. Yeah. So in my book, I, I have a section in the beginning talking about bring what you believe to this book, whether it's ah. science, whether it's spirituality, whether it's religion, you know, take your belief and, and interpret my offering through that. I so love it, that. it has traction yeah. for you. I remember a long time ago, I was sitting down, I called it, Lisa, the powers to be. And I, I owned health clubs and I had uh, a spiritual leader there. I had a sports psychologist there. I had a neuropsychologist there. It was the gamut, exercise physiologist. And we were talking all about train your head and body will follow. And I was proposing different questions to them. And at the end of the day, I mean, they would sit there sometimes arguing in, in, in fun. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. weren't yelling, thinking they're not saying the same thing. And then sometimes way over my head. And I would just say, you know, I think you're all saying the same thing. You're just coming at it from a different angle. And isn't your goal to reach as many people as possible? So just like you said, I'm so happy to hear that because you're going to reach so many more people by where are you coming from? And you don't have to throw that out. You know, no, you don't. No, you don't. And I appreciate the listener's husband speaking to that because we're, we're so diverse and unique. I don't yeah. believe there's kind of like one way for everyone. So I want you to think your own thoughts and bring yeah. your own belief system to this and take what works and leave the rest. Okay. So let's back up way, way back. When yeah. you were young, talk about like, let's just start going into college. Did you always know that you wanted to be a therapist, a counselor, anything to do with psychology? You know, it's interesting. I did. I feel like in my life, my professional area of life has been the, the talk about ease and flow. My parents, in fact, Sandy, found a hand scribbled note when I was five years old saying, I want to be a psychiatrist. No. And that's kind of odd. Yes. Like how would a five-year-old even know about that? But my mother was a psychiatric nurse and my dad was a, a physician, a doctor. And so I grew up in like a medical household. So I knew about psychiatrists from hearing my mom just talk to my dad about, about work. And so I don't know that I really knew what a psychiatrist 
psychiatrist did when I scribbled that and misspelled yeah. it. But I know that like I wanted to help people. I've always been very sensitive. I can remember mm-hmm. always being, I know now it's intuition and, and being very empathic. Like I could feel into other people's experience to the point where, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, like I feel that hurt. And I've had to learn how to, you know, like, let others have their experience. I can have mine. And, you know, that's been like an adult kind of journey, how to, how to not absorb every, everything. So in college, Oof. that's exactly at, at age 21, Sandy, I started therapy because I realized that I didn't have some emotional skills. I realized that I didn't have some relationship skills. I, my parents divorced and there was some uh, trauma and abuse that I experienced that affected Aww. my self-esteem. And so at 21, I started therapy with a social worker and oh. I really fell in love with social work and therapy itself. And that's when I literally was like, this is it. Like from five years old, like this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to become a therapist. So I started Tulane School of Social Work in New Orleans after getting a degree in rehabilitation counseling, helping people with disabilities um, find job modifications. And so while I was in therapy, I also, you know, started school to become a social worker. And I've never turned back from that path. It's just evolved into Reiki healing and meditation and the book incorporating Eastern and Western traditions of healing. Yeah. 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 So when you, like your clients, it sounds like, you have all these tools and depending on what their needs in, that's where you bring it in. Like, does every client, like, do you use Reiki or, or meditation or does it depend on the client? Absolutely. And I, I love my clients. I love, I feel so grateful and appreciative. I dedicate in the beginning of my book to my clients and people that have trusted me. It's such a sacred sacredly intimate relationship, but people coming to you with things they might not have even told their spouse or their siblings. It's such a privilege to work with people at that deep level. And so, yeah, everyone's different. So some people, um, you know, that like I really base how to, how to help them heal and grow and change on what they bring to this, who they are. And, and I love to start with what's most important versus like a lengthy intake. Tell me about your parents. You know, like that, I feel like, you know, I feel like that comes up as it needs to, but people usually make the call or send the email for therapy because something is happening that they want to change. So I feel like the most information is sourced there. Like what is happening in your life that got you to reach out to me? And the other pieces will gather and kind of build around what you need most today. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to one of your interviews. I don't even remember which one it was. And I was so happy to say that you were talking about therapy and that, yes, sometimes it's needed to tell stories, but at some point, let's call it a day. I mean, you didn't say it like that, but like how many times over and over? And that's what you were like, there's got to be more. Yes. Well, I know for my, my own self that even in my own personal therapy, there came a place that it was so centered around the old narrative of the wounding I experienced yeah. that even I said, I no. I'm not going to talk about that anymore because it makes me feel bad. Yeah, like my life yeah. start, my life started to really get better, um, you know, in exponential ways through, through going to some of those darker places, which is necessary to heal, to understand, yeah. to really make sense of, of what you experience, like what happened to you and to know 
you're not defined by that. And I think to really know you're not defined by that takes stepping into, well, since I'm not defined by that, what do I want to define myself as? And then what does it take to become that person? You know, that you imagine being happier, having a healthy relationship, having meaningful friendships, you know, making enough money to support yourself. Like, who do I need to become to really live that in my life? And it's a whole different focus because you're kind of looking towards your your present and the future versus your present and the past. Does that resonate with you? I feel absolutely. Like it really would, yes, absolutely. And you know, I many, many years ago, I used to my mother, she needed a lot of help. And so we I'd go visit some of the offices with her. And maybe that's just what they knew. And as a little kid, I just kept thinking, this doesn't seem to be working. And this is years ago. And you know, just it was just the same thing. It could be for 10 years telling the same stories and plus over medication. So it really kind of turned me off to therapy. But then as I got older, I thought, well, maybe there are other ways and other things and other people and other methods. And then my eyes were wide open. And it was funny because my son, he was in seventh or eighth grade, maybe eighth grade going into high school. He goes, you know, mom, I think I want to talk to someone. I go, you do? Because mm. yeah, he goes like a family counselor, social workers. I don't know, but you know, mom, and I'm because, and I'm going to tell you this too. I think everybody would benefit of talking to someone at least once a week. Now, if you can't afford, this is my kid. Maybe yeah, once a month. Wow. And he yes. says, he goes, do you think we could do it, mom? I said, sure. And so we found this guy. We call him Mr. John. And oh my God. Once a week, that's what he does. And it has been such a blessing. This is my kid. So then I go out and I go, all right, you know what? I'm going to find someone. And I did. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And your son being so insightful and yeah. having this self-awareness to know that this is going to help him. Bravo. Yeah. He's like, it mom, when people say, oh, you should see his therapist, a counselor, it's like, you know, a lot of times doesn't mean you have serious issues. You may just want to be working on yourself. I'm like, okay, kid, I did something right for that to come You out. did. <laughs> you know, and what I was going to say, Sandy, is I, you know, is you share that is, is people do kind of think you need to have this major crisis to go to therapy. And I can tell you, being a therapist for over 20 years, it is best to get out ahead of it. So you're preventing <laughs> yeah. a crisis because yeah. it's going to feel better. It'll be easier to make the changes if you start early having the awareness like your son did, like, uh-oh, like, you know, because when you come in in crisis, it can be hard to get to yeah. the underlying causes because first you got to put the fire out. And, you know, that – so I encourage anyone listening to really – get out ahead, book the appointment sooner. If something's coming up or you're yep. starting to feel like you're pushing aside your feelings, you know, like it, that might be an indicator to reach out to talk about it so that you don't experience crisis. You know, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I just had another friend who I can't believe the stigma is still out there. She went, shh, I just want you to know. I'm seeing a counselor only once every six weeks. So it's not a major issue. I go, mm. who are you talking to? I go, do you understand that I think everybody would, whoever direction they want to go in would benefit by talking to someone just about life and what they want to achieve. That's not a family member. 
I mean, come on. I thought we were over that stigma. You know, and that it, it I'm kind of, I'm smiling as you're sharing the story because it, it can be so true. And I experienced this in my life whereby I had a, like a person helping me with my website, NOLA therapy to get more visibility on Google. And yeah. they said, well, you need more Google reviews. So I started asking some select clients if they were comfortable. Could you give me a Google review? And it was interesting. I felt a little uncomfortable asking because in therapy, there is kind confidentiality. Yeah. And so some clients had like, oh my gosh, well, I don't want people to know I've been in therapy. And I thought that was interesting because my therapist, Prem Glidden, I've had her on my podcast twice. Uh. She's been my relationship and love coach. She's amazing. She's helped me grow. And for me, it's like, you know, why, like, I don't feel any shame in having had been to therapy and go as needed because it's like you bring your car to be tuned up. You wouldn't feel ashamed about having an oil change. So why should you feel ashamed about just needing to talk about your experiences? It's kind of like the most natural thing. So if anyone wants to give me a Google review, I would love it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Woohoo! But it speaks to what you're saying, and and hopefully people will release the shame around yeah. having to talk. Communication is as natural as walking. Yeah. It's just yeah. walking in a different way, using our words. And you know, when you were talking about Clarence, and that's why I was so excited to share this, everybody, well, I'm not going to say everybody because that's a big term, but most people, there is an area that you are like embarrassed about, ashamed of. We all have those areas that we, we hide from because they're so painful yeah. or you think, ooh, someone's going to find out that about me. I mean, I, I don't think there's a human being that exists that doesn't have that. Absolutely. That we all, you know, feel sometime, unfortunately, like we're not good enough or doing well enough, especially when you start comparing yourself to others and seeing where they are in the here and now, not knowing all the steps it took, their personal journey. We all share having our own journey and growth. And so I encourage people not to compare yourself to others, compare yourself to you. That's a big takeaway that I keep coming back to in my life, Sandy, when I go on social media and see other professionals that seem to have a, a larger, a huge following and really hitting it out the park and wonder, am I doing enough? But it's like, well, yes, you are. Like, obviously my heart's in the right place. So many, you know, like really bringing it back to like, I'm doing so much better today than I was a year ago and really praise yourself, really love yourself for those changes and trust that you're on your path. And you'll know that because you feel satisfied, you feel happy, you feel meaning and purpose and let that be your barometer. Yeah. And you're right. You have to remind yourself of that every day, which leads me to this gentleman. We're going to call him Billy Bob. He says, please ask Lisa, Sandy, what her routine is every day to get in the right headspace. We talk about that a lot on our podcast, the headspace, and there's nothing more important. So Billy Bob wants to know what you do every day to get there. You know, it's interesting because I even jotted down the answer to that question before we came live, just thinking what I could offer people <laughs> is something practical and useful. So Billy Bob, I have, I do have a, um, every morning, no matter what I get up. So I sleep with my phone on airplane mode and on silent just to really give that clearing and space for my mind to 
you know, not be absorbing whatever the cell phone emits. So whether or not you put it on airplane mode, my phone's on silent. So I, I wake up and I will take my phone to the couch with my cup of coffee. However, I leave it on silent and on airplane mode. I don't check any emails or texts or anything until I sit in meditation for at least several minutes and close mm. my eyes. I say thank you. To, to, for the day, I say thank you to be waking up. I just sit in silence and oh, just kind of like greet the day, welcome the day, ask for things to go well for me, for everything to just work out, that I can be sensitive to the path, that you bring the right people and places, that I'm a blessing and that I'm blessed. And I then I'll turn on my phone and sometimes I might then go to email, but I really try to do a guided meditation from YouTube, even oh. to enhance, you know, enhance the well-being, enhance yeah. my connection to source. And so I'll turn on like a quick four minute uh, about greeting your day. Things are going to go well. And, you know, sometime I'll sit longer in meditation. This week, it's been a little challenging with Hurricane Ida. I've noticed I give myself definitely like that five minutes of silence. And then I feel like I want to, you know, start looking at what I might need to address. Yeah, but I yeah. definitely start my day with, I, I do not jump to the phone or email. It's like literally in silence with coffee and gratitude, asking for guidance and help. And I feel like if you commit to that for even a week as an experiment, your life is going to change for the better. Like things are going to come your way that you have desired and want or don't even need know that you want, like aid and assistance at ease and flow that you spoke of in the beginning, yeah, Sandy. Yeah. And I work out every day. That's another part. It, it's I'm an afternoon workout person, so I do yeah. something physical for my body. I'm a retired fitness spin instructor, and so the mind-body connection. Yeah, and you being in fitness. Yeah, for me, fitness is life. Like, we need to take care of our bodies. And even if – I'll ask my body, what do you want to do? Like, I love weightlifting. Yeah. So, you know, me the too. body – yeah, it can take a toll on your joints. So someday it might be much lighter weights and a <laughs> yes. walk. You know, other days it's like heavier squats, but really breaking up the, you know, my, my like triceps and like making it manageable. So I'm not overtaxing yeah. my body, but it loves to move. I think we're designed to move, to walk, to run if you can, and just do something physical every day. That's another sacred part of my Well, routine. we have a lot in common, yeah. Lisa. I'm a big believer on before those feet go out the door, how you set it up and how you say, how am I going to show up to the world versus the world showing up to me is huge. And yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say a few things. Number one, you're doing it with coffee which I love because most people say it's with tea and I love tea and coffee, but I do start out with coffee and yes. that you're not saying to people, I meditate for an hour. It doesn't have to be that long to have no, transformation. Have to. Love that. No. no, sometimes it might. And maybe in the evening or afternoon, if I'm feeling especially, you know, like right now with the hurricane and, and deep managing some anxiety, I might do a meditation later on. And again, sit for as long, you don't want to be fighting yourself in that space. You don't want to be struggling to, you know, have a clear mind. So that's why I set a timer for even five minutes, you know, and start there. Yeah, yeah. And I like the fact that you said with the hurricane, it may not be as long because you, you feel like you want to start taking action and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, this is going so quickly. I could talk to you for days, but let me get me into just a couple more things. All right, so this young man says, please have her expand upon, tell a new story, tell a new story. Why is that so important to my belief system? Mm, so they're curious why that's so important. And this is going to, his name is going to be Mikey. Okay, Mikey. I love your question. Telling the new story is key in how our life unfolds. You know, there's so many ways that people, okay, I'm thinking of like set an intention for the new year. Um, and these things, these practices go to the gym January 1st and how it all kind of peters out for a lot of people. And then you start to blame yourself and you're in judgment and you might even feel ashamed. I can't even stay committed to my new year's resolutions. And I think a whole nother way to approach that is in telling the new story, you know, like it might be as simple as I'm in a profession or a job. I'm not really loving, but it's paying the bills. There's value in that. I'd really love to have a job, have employment, a career that makes me happy, that I, I look forward to going to. And that's the intention that then, okay, what does that look like? And the universe, life will start giving you these like baby step kind of light bulbs of you step towards, you know, maybe you do have a dream job or profession, but you chose something else to pay the bills and take care of your family. You know, like, what does it look like to really live doing something I love? And you start taking those baby steps in any way that you can. And eventually you're going to open your eyes one morning and it's like you're living that. Like your life has changed and you're actually living what you want instead of by default what you don't want. Is that, is that clear enough, Sandy, to make sense? And it looks like you're muted here. Are you ready for fun and rapid questions? Yes. Sorry about that. I did mute for a second because you said something and I was so excited and I had tea in my mouth and I spit it everywhere. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. Well, because I was like, I was thinking to myself, wow, she put that so well. Like, I okay, want to make great. sure I highlight that. Okay, great. but doesn't matter. We'll make sure. <laughs> All right, you ready for rapid fire? Here we go. Yeah. By the way, I want to just... Give kisses to your kitties. Don't you have two kittens? I do. Thank you. They're right here sleeping. <laughs> Looking so peaceful. Thank you, Sandy. Yeah, big hugs and kisses. My, We have five cats and a dog. And the one oh, cat. Oh, wow. The, we got a, two baby kittens uh, during <gasps> COVID. And me and my son. And the one little girl, she just sleeps on my chest every night. Oh, that's so sweet. Give your pets kisses. That, All they're right. such wonderful beings. I know. Don't they just bring you some worth of joy? All right. Yes. Now, here we go. Favorite color? Red. Favorite thing to do in your free time? You know, I really love fitness and exercise. All right, like cool. I love, it's like play. It's like play yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Favorite food? What comes to mind is sushi. Okay. What would one of your favorite days look like? What would you do from morning to night? Just one of your favorite days. One of my, it would definitely be starting with meditation, with the person I love, have like going to work out, doing something of meaning and value work-wise, doing something romantic, and uh, like having a good meal. Okay. Besides your book, what is one of the favorite books that you've read in the last year? It, it My go-to, Sandy, and there's so many, I'm sure you as well, Louise Hay, You Can Ugh. Heal Your Life, Ugh. has been on my bedstand 
It's a Bible, baby. (laughs) It is. With affirmations and like new beliefs, talking about telling the new story. There's some new stories to tell yourself that she Mm. uh, beautifully articulates. Yeah. Love that woman. Okay. Here we go. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? You know what? I think I'd be a very well-kept kitty cat. (laughs) A very happy and spoiled and beautiful and loved kitty cat. Sounds good to me. Lisa, when I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? Uh, I immediately expansion, limitless possibility, infinite infinity, unlimited supply. Oh, I love that. All right, woman, we have to go. But before we do, please tell my Let's Keep It Real people every which way they can find you. Absolutely. This has been a delight, Sandy, to be with you and your Let's Keep It Real community. You can find me at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I put I post some workout videos and podcasts and just musings there, as well as nolatherapy.com if you want to reach out to schedule a session. I'd love to offer your listeners, Sandy, 50% off a first session. If, if they mention you and your show, it's half off either a $190 uh individual or couple session or half oh, wow. off a $2,500 monthly intensive with me. Thank you, Lisa. That's really sweet. Yeah, you're welcome. You're they'll awesome. Be, they'll be really happy to hear that. All right, my let's keep it real people. You know, I love you. I'm grateful for you. Please like, share, rate, support. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.